to Avery and Bobby, let me be the first to welcome you to the first of many days together as a married couple. And man, did you pick the perfect weekend in January. If you wanted a June wedding, you got a June wedding, because last weekend we would have been coming here in snow boots. But good choice. People of God, I need to tell you a little bit about this couple right here. This, these two right here might be the easiest couple I've ever had the privilege to marry. Last night at the rehearsal, I kept asking, what do you want? What do you want? And they kept saying, oh, whatever. We don't care. Do you know how many brides <laughs> care about their wedding? I, I've had brides tell me what I'm allowed to say, where I'm allowed to stand in my own church, what I'm allowed to wear, Right? We don't care, whatever. I wish I could clone them. Now, normally at weddings, we make a lot of jokes about, the groom, about how lucky the groom is because he's marrying up and, uh, to such an amazing woman. And then we usually say something to the bride, a similar effect, you know, we'll pray for you, right? <laughs> but, but I want you to know, Avery, that you've really got to catch here. And, and I know that I'm a little biased. Bobby works here at Zion as the director of traditional music, and I'm his supervisor, and not only that, he's nerdier than I am, which takes some work to do. Bobby's special. He's grown up here at Zion. He developed a love for music on that very bench over there. Before I took the call here to Zion, I knew nothing, I didn't know much about it, but the one thing Bishop Gold said to me was, I love Bobby. I really love Bobby. Avery, you're getting an amazing husband. But that's not to say that Bobby doesn't have his quirks. We all all knew that it would take a special person who could be the F-sharp to his D major chord. (laughs) F-sharp's in D major. Okay, good. (laughs) I looked that up last night. I imagined it it was like the Big Bang Theory episode where Raj and Howard had to fill out a dating questionnaire for Sheldon. Like, who could find the perfect one for Bobby? While also being true to themselves. And the answer is you, Avery. You are that F-sharp. You are the one that fits in just perfectly. Isn't it amazing feeling to realize that you finally met the one that you want to spend the rest of your life with? The one whom you want to start a family with? The one who you're going to annoy the most the rest of your life with? The one who's going to make you shake your head and wonder, you used to be so normal. What happened to you? The one who will make you cry the most and the same one who will wipe away those same tears. The one who's going to bandage your wounds and wipe your forehead when you're sick. The one whom your whole life, the whole world will revolve around until the day you take your final breath. Marriage isn't always going to be perfect, a happy ending from a Disney movie. And today might feel like that fairy tale part from Cinderella or from Beauty and the Beast I mean, your wedding certainly has the quality of Disney music right there, and coming in with the perfect timing. Oh, that was just amazing. We're all tuned to my eye, even. But tomorrow when you wake up, that is when marriage really happens. When you wake up and realize that she ain't leaving, and neither can you. That was a, that was a big lesson for me. Marriage takes a particular kind of love to make it work, and that lesson your grandfather read illustrates that very well from a scriptural standpoint. Paul is calling his readers to love. But it's not, it's not love. It, it's, it, it's, it's love. No, it's, it's, it's love. No. See, English really doesn't have a word to describe it. 
The ancient Greek language talks about love in very different ways from us today. We only have one word for love, and it's used to describe all forms of love. And typically when we talk about love, we, it, talks, it sounds like something from a country music song that you hear on the radio. Boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, significant other. This kind of love can make us do some crazy things. The Greeks call this love eros. The love we have for a family member, it's called philia. That's why Philadelphia is called the city of brotherly love. Storge is the love that parents have for their children, which is a unique form of love, especially when you're potty training kids. <laughs> and what I find the most interesting is that if you were to search for any of these forms of love in the, in the New Testament or in the entire Bible itself, you won't find any of them used. The only form of love mentioned is that of agape. And that's the kind of love that Paul writes about in his letter to the Corinthians. Agape love is selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. Agape love embraces a universal, unconditional love that transcends and persists regardless of circumstance it is found in. It's the kind of love that God has for each of us. It's the kind of love shown to us on the cross. It's the standard way that Christians are called to act and love towards one another. When Jesus calls us to love his enemies, we are called to agape love, to lay down our lives in order to save those who would do us harm. St. Paul reminds us in this passage that your social status doesn't matter to God because without agape love, your love, your life is meaningless. God doesn't care if you can speak in different languages if you have not agape love and you're just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And God doesn't care if you have the strongest of faith that you can move mountains or that you perfectly understand all the Christian message and faith. Because if you do not agape love, then what does it really matter? And you can give away all your possessions and become totally dependent on others and on God for your daily needs, but if you do not agape love, then you gain nothing. For love, agape love is the most important action we all can do. Because when we agape love, the world sees a glimpse, a glimmer of God's love for humanity. And that's not to say that you shouldn't have filial love in your marriage. Because Jimmy, Samantha, and Lindsay really appreciate when you love them. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't have storage love. Your future children need that to be happy and healthy. And that doesn't mean that your marriage should not be absent of Eros. I mean, Bobby isn't always going to look this good. Right? <laughs> Eros love can only go so far. But agape love is different. As St. Paul says, agape love will long outlast any other kind of love. Only agape love can withstand the test of time. Imagine that this world was filled with agape love. Families and communities would forever be changed. Imagine how this tired old world would look if love transcended and persisted regardless of circumstance. No child would ever go to bed hungry. Justice would roll down like a mighty stream and righteousness like an ever-flowing brook. Poverty would be a thing of the past, and earth would be a sanctuary. Maybe then we would finally lay down our swords and our shields, lay down, down by the riverside, and study war no more. Maybe then we would finally realize that there's plenty of good room for all of God's children if we simply loved like God loves us. So Avery and Bobby, may you love for each other, transcend beyond eros, beyond the fairy tale and be rooted in sacrificial love. May you love one another. May you be willing to sacrifice for one another. And may that love serve an example to all of us around you of how God loves each and every one of us. May the peace of God, 
which surpasses all human understandings. May it guard your hearts and minds today and always until life everlasting.